Hey, 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 welcome to Real Success. Um, today is a very special day for the podcast, which we have our very first guest on the podcast, which are the Nong Wealth Brothers. And uh, a little bit about the Nong Wealth Brothers. Uh, the Nong Wealth Brothers are a fully integrated property investment company and compat- uh, a property cost, uh, consultation service provider. It is focused on dividing property investment and providing education on the ins and outs of property investing as a sustainable business right yes so um please tell me a little bit about yourself guys hi 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 everybody um so my name is lewu and i'm with my brother here now yeah. and we are the co-founders of uh, non wealth so i think now would actually go deeper into it in that regard so what we do as we did mention is that we invest in properties and then we wanted to take it a step further that how can people actually benefit from the harsh lessons that we learned throughout property because property can be painted as if it's a walk in a park mm-hmm. whereby you look at somebody who's worked for 60 years and then now they're about to get their pension only to buy the wrong property so how do we actually link that person with somebody who's just received their first job and they're about to get in the market so how do we accommodate everybody so that's where we have the consultation side so what i do want to understand is why did you guys start um, a company only focuses on property okay so now looking looking at property investing for us i mean we are biased i think there's a conversation that we had earlier on that we are biased in terms of what to actually invest in property i mean this has been something that's been proven that property is the most efficient and reliable investment scheme to actually invest your money in i know that if i'm actually putting 100,000 in my property i know that it's going to be giving me a cash flow and my 100,000 is still invested in this particular mm. um property however if say for instance we're looking at stocks i'm not bashing anything but i'm just saying that if i'm investing in stocks am i going to be receiving that monthly income because i have monthly bills it's only make the only makes sense that i need to get monthly cash flow and just to follow up i remember having a conversation with level about a couple of years ago that what can we actually get into that a space whereby we won't be replaced Yeah. So that's when we got the aha moment that property investing is the way. I mean, I don't think at this point in time I'd like to put this on record that there will be an app that will replace property. So even with whatever that you are studying or whatever that you want to be, position yourself in a manner whereby you'll be irreplaceable so property was fit for us. You said there's an app that will replace that would houses. Houses. Yeah. Or oh, in here that quickly. <laughs> But uh, what I, I want what I want to understand also from what I'm, I've I've been talking to you guys lately um few days ago what I saw is you guys are always free so property is it working like 9 to 5 or uh, I, i like the question that you asked i remember the first time when we went into property investing we thought that it was another job that's what a lot of people think that when they investing in property i can leave my job so what happened is we went to rental and at the first property that we bought we were like how We have to wait for end of the month to get money. Mm. So what are we actually doing throughout? So that's when we actually discovered that property investing is not another job. It's rather an investment whereby you can put your money and knowing for sure that you're not expecting crazy returns. We know that's that's not that's not the situation. You're investing your money in something sustainable, building your cash flow ultimately to what to get financially free. Oh, I I can see. Then let's talk about credit scores. Uh 
for me to to own a property do do i have to have a particular credit score okay so now looking looking at credit score you do need to actually have a credit score whereby a bank is actually seeing that you are able to manage your credit so now it always starts with a pair of jeans i mean for me it started with a pair of jeans i went to uh, an outlet and i opened up a in-store account and with that in-store account i was able to actually grow my credit Mm -hmm. so now looking at that the the credit bureau actually checks that were you able to actually manage the 700 that you're actually paying throughout the particular months so now if you are in a situation whereby you've never taken any credit and now you're saying that the bank should lend you 1 million it doesn't make sense for the bank to lend you 1 million if you haven't actually shown in your record that you can actually handle 700 Mm -hmm. so now with that being said the credit score that you need i mean the last time i checked it was at around 600 that's the type of credit score that you'd actually need to be able to actually invest in a particular property however with your credit score they also then check that how much are you actually going to put down as your down payment Mm. so the less or the less credit score you have the less amount that the bank is actually willing to give to you the more credit score you have the more the bank will actually give you can i just can i just provide more yeah. inputs on that so you actually look at property investing it doesn't only start when you start working in terms of applying for that home loan it actually starts whereby you in varsity you can take that in apple store and then you maintaining that credit score right until that gene will ultimately bring you track record so when the bank actually looks back you have a track record and how that actually helps you as a property investor is that you get less you get you get to be pay you, you pay less on interest mm-hmm. i was shocked because even with the gene situation i just recently applied applied for another home loan and the person the attorney was actually shocked that asking me am i actually a, a policeman or something and i was like no so that gene that we're paying for in varsity actually helped us to get to where we are right now i think i think we should write the book <laughs> how how my jeans bought me my property. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other thing that I'm curious about, let's say um, I get an allowance from my parents. Um, I don't I don't have a job. Can I invest um, with my little money that I have? Okay. So now that becomes a problem because when you're looking at property investing, I want to, I want to understand how much are we looking at? How much can I invest in property? Okay. So now let's look at the the the, the allowance situation, right? Mm. Before you actually invest in any property, when you're going to ask for a loan, they're going to ask you for number 1, they're going to ask you for your payslip. Payslip and your 3 month bank statement. Mm. You might have the money that's actually coming on a monthly basis. However, if you don't have a payslip, or something that actually shows that you are getting money on a monthly basis, then the bank is not likely to actually give you that amount of money. So now, I hear a lot of people that saying that I want to quit my job now and go into property investing. You can quit your job, however, you need the payslip to actually show that you would be able to actually pay that particular property. And then to the question that how much would you actually need, it varies from one person to another, right? Looking at Neil's situation right now, he was given 100% and then our bond originator, the bond originator is someone that actually goes to the banks and applies for, on your behalf. The bond originator said that Neil can actually qualify for 105%, which basically means that the bank would pay 
his property that he wants to buy it will also pay his transfer costs so now in that way neo didn't actually need any money to invest in that particular property mm. however you also find a situation whereby the bank is only willing to give you 95% so that means that you'd need to actually settle the 5% and your transfer costs mm. so now it would vary from one person to the, to another there is no set that if i have 1000 i can i can actually start investing in property and and just to put more input on what lebo said look at the 105% the reason why i rejected it actually i was the first person to reject 105% when we asked our bond originator she she did confess this the reason why we con- we we rejected it is that it didn't make investment sense to get it at 105% why am i saying that the more you actually take from the bank is how much it's the more that you pay but now in terms of the the money that you getting from your tenants you can't now jump it up because now i'm owing a lot mm. so as property investors this is what we need to understand that if i'm taking 105% how much will i be paying every month mm. and how will that affect my cash flow because at the end of the day cash flow is very king i won't go in a deal whereby i'm not getting any cash flow I mean it doesn't make sense to cash flow 25 rand and saying that I no got money. 105% uh, 105% making 25 rand it won't even cover your management cost if the tenant does actually go out how are you going to be able to cover that bond that you actually took out so now that's that's the danger part of a lot of people they like speaking about i didn't put any no money down in this deal but the question is that they won't speak about how much they're making So yes, it is right that I didn't put any money down, but looking at the month end, I'm actually taking out money from my pocket and I'm telling people that I went in a deal without putting any money down. There's a question that is running in my mind now, né? Uh this question it says um if 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 you are a a, a landowner, then a tenant <laughs> let's let's um, I want to let's let's this this question is for another day, né? But uh, for now, let's look for, for. I want to know for investment in property. Do I have to own a property when I invest in in property? Okay. Am so, I am I buying a property when I invest, or am I taking a portion of money then I'm living somewhere, but I'm making money through property? Okay. So now looking at buying a property, I'm a property investor, but. At no point will I ever own 100% of a property. What I want to do is that I want to control the cash flow that I'm getting from this particular property, right? So now that has a lot of tax benefits, and I can actually grow my property portfolio faster than someone that's actually willing to wait for X amount of years. So now, if we're putting figures to this, if I'm looking at a property that's worth 500,000, right, that means that I'd need to save until I get to 500,000 plus transfers to actually buy that particular property. However, if I'm going towards, if I'm looking at investing in this property, however, using a bond or a mortgage, I only need around 50,000 to cover. um the 10% that I would actually need to put down plus transfers so now if you're looking at that 50,000 plus around 40,000 that's around 90,000 to buy a property that's worth 500,000 so now me owning this property it means that I need to actually wait for longer to actually buy this particular property so now all I just want to do is to control this particular property for me to actually get the cash flow on a monthly basis Oh, the the uh, the other thing is now when i buy a house for this particular money let's say i buy it for a million yes then 
after 10 years that that um that house is that is not worth more than than i bought it it's worth more than than i bought it uh, 10 years ago why why is that okay so now when you're looking at property property it's one 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 asset that actually appreciates through time right so now it has always been like that and i'm assuming that it will always be like that however something that i don't want to put out is that all properties appreciate through time there are some properties that actually stay the same through time and there's some properties that actually depreciate there are a lot of factors that actually uh, come to this so now when you're looking at depreciation it might happen that in the neighborhood that you are actually bought the property that you have bought the property in someone decides to squat next to your house that will depreciate the value however if say for instance they decide to build a, build a mall not far from where you just bought that particular property it would obviously appreciate in value but some properties do stay the same because i remember there was another property this property investor had actually assumed that they would sell their properties after five years however in that fifth year the property was still at the same uh, amount so now it varies from one situation to the next so as much as much as we celebrate when there is appreciation we need to understand there's also depreciation and i, I want to give an example how bad depreciation is, is that we there's a client that we once spoke to and then they bought it they bought it over market so they bought it above way above the real value so i mean as a property let's say you're about to buy the property you don't have that that this is the right price of that property because we see the property on property 24 private property we see the pricing there but now what confirms that is the right property that's a question mm. that an investor needs to ask themselves is this the right property because if you buy it only to find out that it's up it's more than how much you should be paying for it now what's going to happen is that let's say everything does go through and then now it's a problem because as Lebu did mention that it's a, with appreciation it's not a must that it must appreciate only to find out that it stays the same so what's going to happen is that you paid transfer costs you also paid a deposit right so let's say it does stay the same and you already have had it you want to sell the property so what, what you're going to do as a property investor, let's the one that bought it, you're going to add all the costs that you bought it with and you want to jump it up again. And now the, what's going to happen is that the banks can actually reject the price, the new price that you put. So now it's going to be a problem because you'll end up saying, you know what, I'll take anything that I can because you're under pressure now, you become a distressed seller. So it's very important to understand what is the true value of the property before you even buy it. So you shouldn't buy on appreciation. Appreciation should be rather a bonus. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is, ne, why when I I buy a house, then these um, bonds after? There's something that I want to understand. Am I owning that house, or I'm taking out one million today, but I'm still paying some other things? Electricity is understandable, but why water when I I own this this uh, this house. So you need to understand all the costs that, for instance, if it's in an estate, mm. um, there needs to be security, right? That that secures. You need to understand there is a cost for. Are oh, you paying for? for you paying things. for that. 
even with uh, when you're looking at the the system in terms of let's say the as you did mention the water water and electricity water and electricity man the government is not supposed to be paying that for you imagine if i have a tenant who's reckless when it comes to water and electricity mm-hmm. now that means i i need to pay for that even your refuse when you're looking at your refuse systems because the people that are coming through to but to take the garbage i mean they need to get paid so most of the time i think if we're not involved you're thinking that this is a must people must come and take garbage by my house however they're getting paid even those trucks the revenue is actually being re- revenue is actually running somewhere somehow so it's very important that you do pay this because if you don't pay them at that point in time what's going to happen let's say after 10 years when you decide to sell they're going to come back to you and say yeah, you were supposed to be paying 600 a month 600 times all these years and then that's going to be subtracted from the amount that you're supposed to be getting well let's talk about when i i sell the house now yeah i want to sell the house how how did how do they see how much uh, this particular home is going to cost so in terms of getting a price there's there's different pricing for instance i can come through with my own price saying that i want my house to be sold at x amount but now the estate agent is going to come through and advise you that i think this is too high or too low so you, the estate agent can also come through the bank is also going to come through because the banks are going to be the ones financing this house mm. so you can actually get three values of properties for the same property and all of them are different from each other at the end of the day as a property investor you shouldn't be emotional you should know that this is how much the bank is actually charging because sometimes there's something called overcapitalizing so what overcapitalizing is let's say houses in this area are going for about 2 million So now I actually put in additional rooms. You know, especially you see this with you see this a lot especially in the township. Township investing. You see about 20 rooms at the back and then somebody's forcing people to buy that property. Let's say they they listed it for 2 million only to find out that my neighbor is selling it for 400,000. So can you see now when the bank is looking at that but the highest house that we've sold in this area is 400k and yours is going for 2 million. Hence you see some cases where by they say cash only. because the banks don't want to don't invest want. in such so you should be careful in terms of pricing when it comes to that sure i mean something that we need to also look at is that when you are taking out a bond with a bank we view it as our bank is the partner right so now if i'm actually going to be taking out a bond on this particular property right the bank comes to the property and actually checks if that property is worth the amount that you actually um, negotiated it for so now if you're looking at that particular situation the bank then becomes the partner because they also have the right to say that ah, i'm not going to invest in this particular property however they can also say that you know what this property is a good investment let's invest in this particular property so now let's look at i think we should need we need to start looking at banks as a partner rather than a financial institution where i can just get money from them i need to also think that if i'm going to be taking out a bond on this particular property will my partner the bank actually accept this particular property that i'm actually taking out oh. so so i wonder what is the best way to make making money out of property for example i own apartment apartment then i have five mansions they are I'm making them rentals what is the best way apartments or rentals from the mansions okay so now when you're looking at that that's not as we say that property investing is not a one size fits 
uh, one size fits all, right? Mm-hmm. So now with Neo, say for instance, Neo would rather say that you know what, I like investing in properties that are in the middle class because now looking at how many people are there in uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. The, the the range of it it's at around twenty five thousand. So I'm more likely to get a client that's actually earning twenty five thousand than around seventy thousand. So now in that case, Neo would actually invest in those guys. However, there are some people that are saying that you know what, in my portfolio, I only wanted to be properties that are valued at five million going up. Mm-hmm. In that way, then that would be the situation whereby he's actually investing in properties mentions like you actually say so now it's not a one-size-fits-all because we also have clients that are saying that you know what i need to raise up money to build my business that's when you find people actually flipping properties buying them way below market value fixing them up and then only um, selling them back into the market to make a profit however some people are saying that i want to build wealth and i want to get money that's actually going to be coming on a monthly basis that's how people actually go into rental then and some people just focus on development. They get in while it's still mm. fresh, hold it for some time, and then let go. So at the end of the day, there's different strategies and it depends about how you're going in about it. But it's very important when you are getting in property investing, you have laser focus in terms of this is my strategy. I don't fall in a strategy by default because that's when you can easily get bent by the rules of that game. So, so I want to touch on flipping properties. So let's say I buy a house for less, then I flip that house. Then it happens that the money that I spend it on developing that house, um, the agent comes and says, nah, this house, you want to sell it for five million, it, but it's worth for um, three million, but you spend it more. You expected this house to, to sell for more. So how, how can I be careful when I'm developing that house? So, so I just spoke about understanding the rules of the game. We always have this conversation with clients that imagine playing chess with somebody who understands the rules and you don't understand nothing about chess. You'll be flying around with your king everywhere. Now that also applies in property investing. So if you're coming to flip, understanding the rules of flip is that people just have this thing of buying low, selling high. But now even with selling high, there's a ceiling. Now, once you go understand how much is that ceiling, as I did mention that, okay, in this area, the highest house, okay, you also also look at how many rooms. Let's say you're looking at a three-bedroom, just as yours, mm-hmm. the highest was sold in that year. In that year, it was sold at 800000 Now, you can see, let's say it's in your street that you're looking at. Now, you have an idea of how much you can take yours to. That's an idea. And then you take, you do further research, you say, no, but there were also four properties similar to this one. Three bedroom, two, two, let's say two, two toilets. It was also sold around 800. So let's say the other one was about 775 and then 780. Now you have an understanding of that area. So research is very, it's very important. Once you understand that it's 800 that I can sell at max, even if you can do the most nicest finishing touches, don't forget now, if you are going to say, okay, here's my property i did nice finishing edges the highest was sold 800 i want to make profit i want to sell mine at 1.1 now you are thinking as a property investor you're not thinking as what as a person who's buying but you only need to find out that when people that are buying they also consider pricing in terms of i see this one is very nice but the pricing is too much and then again as a property investor your time your money again our currency is time don't forget the more you hold the property is the more expenses you accumulate 
so you'd want to go out as soon as possible so i wouldn't want to put mine too much at the high end i'd rather play within the average sure i think we're looking at this notion of selling low and buying low and selling high we need to know what low is mm. and we also need what need to know what high mm. is right so now if i'm looking at a particular market if i'm looking at two different markets right the low in market a and the low in market b are going to be two different things if i'm looking at a township like soweto and i'm looking at low i'm looking at 400000 however if i'm looking at an estate in centurion centurion and i'm looking at the lowest i'm looking at 2 million so i can then say that no i was in this market at 2 million let me use the same strategy that i used in this one in um, soweto for instance so now looking at that particular situation you'd need to know then the market that how are the prices actually listed in that particular market for you to actually know what low is and what high is this thing is not a game it's not you you get it's a game it is a game yeah. i like to look at it as a game and the rules are important the rules are important <laughs> <laughs> so so this is the closing question um i want to understand now which company is best for me to invest in south africa when it comes to property it's your own company it's your own company Wh- which company can help me you guys or okay so now when you're looking at what we do we are property investors ourselves mm. what we do is that we teach people how to actually invest so now what i want to do is that i want to give you the liberty for you to actually use the skill that i'm actually using in the market for you to actually better your family so now looking at property investing if i'm actually going to be giving you that skill of investing in property you can then give it back to everybody that's within your family or your your children this can actually last for the next three generations so now what we do is that we give you the skill you open up your company and then you are actually going to be the one that's going to be investing in these particular properties so whenever someone is actually willing to actually start investing in their property i would then come in and then teach them how to actually invest in property so that they can actually do it for themselves and their kids. Yeah. The biggest investment is yourself, man, because it goes back to, let me give you a classic example. If I had two banks here, Bank A and Bank B, Bank A is giving you 16% and Bank B is giving you 5%, which bank would you go for? I know you're interviewing us, but I just want to hit you with this. Repeat the question. We've got two banks. Yeah. Bank A is giving you 50 less less Bank A is giving you 15% mm. and then Bank B is giving you 5% interest on any money that you're putting in. Which one would you go for? Bank A. Bank A, right? Yeah. But now in property investing, do you realize that it's very hard to do such a decision because people have not invested in themselves. So they don't look at the investment side of property. They just look at owning the property. So that's where it becomes very difficult. So it goes back to what Lebo said. I'd say that the first investment that one can do is invest in themselves so that they can come with that investment or okay. I see I've got two properties here, mm. but this one makes more investment sense than that one. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, as we close, um I just want to say uh if you guys don't use this information, I don't know. But at this moment, thank you guys for coming. Uh and share and please guys share this with your friends family and remember here in real success we kick doors that are closed <laughs>